Right, so we're starting in the sugya today. Um, we're not going to have a tremendous degree of union. We're going to mostly go through the Gemara, make sure we have Pshat and the Gemara very clear. And after we make sure we have Pshat and the Gemara clear, we're going to talk about one topic, Machlokas Rashi and the Rush, explain the Machlokas, and then uh, we'll get more into the Kishkas of the sugya starting next week. So Mitzvah Hashem is starting on the fourth line from the bottom, on Peidalad Amad Aleph. There was an ox which bit off the hand of a kid. So they came in front of Rava to pass in the case, to adjudicate the case. So Amalahui responded to them, Go and appraise this kid like an Evid. So here already we uh, skipped all the fun that we had in the last Sugya, straight away, so they responded to him. They asked him now, how could it be that you, Ravar, saying, go and appraise him like an Evid? We have a statement from you, Ravar, that, that was of the matter of the fact that any time that you have to appraise the victim like an Evid, as a, as a slave, then we can collect that kind of monetary payment in Bavel. So he responded to them, You're right, we can't collect that type of monetary payment in Bavel, but what we do have to do is we have to appraise him like an Eved for the circumstance that there was a Tvisa, meaning to say, we'll talk about this more in depth, but Tvisa is a concept that the victim, even though Bastin doesn't assign him any kind of monetary payment from the assailant, but the victim, if he goes on his own accord and grabs part of the property of the assailant as means of compensation and retribution for the damages that were incurred upon him, so then that's legitimate. He's able to go ahead and grab that, that value. The question is, how much is he able to keep? Or how much is he able to grab initially? We'll see soon. It's a discussion. But, and that is where Basin's going to kick in. But to go ahead and dictate that the assailant has to give money to the victim, that Basin won't do. They'll determine how much he's, the victim is able to grab on his own accord, but they won't redistribute funds out of their own jurisdiction. Now that's Rava's statement. Now Rava, the Gemara is going to now prove Rava's statement that Rava's holding of his stance throughout other sugis as well. Rava the Taimei. Rava is what we call the Shitaso. He's going according to his opinion. The Amir Rava, because Rava had a different statement. Nizke shor b'shor, v'nizke shor ba'adam. Anytime an ox is attacked by an ox, or an ox is attacked by a person, govano sai That type of damages we can collect even in Bavel. But nizke adam ba'adam, v'nizke adam b'shor. But if a person attacks another person, or if an ox attacks a person and damages him, we don't collect that in Bavel. So I asked the Gemara, What's the reason that when it comes to damages of a person to another person, and damages of a person from an animal, we don't collect in Bavel? We need judges. We need judges, not just any judges, but judges for smuchin. Smuchin means that they were anointed from another 
rabbinical authority was also anointed all the way from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. It has to travel back that far. That was where the original smicha was caused, called, I'm sorry. And that gave you a certain stature and ability to paskin halacha with more of an authority than if you don't have smicha. So here, when it comes to niske adam adam and niske adam b'shor, that the reason why we don't adjudicate those cases in Bavel is because we need Elohim, we need smuchin, veleka, and we don't have them in Bavel. So says the Gemara, if that's the case, so niske shor b'shor, v'shor b'adam nami. When it comes to damages of an ox vis-a-vis another animal, or the damage of an ox vis-a-vis a person, also Elohim bayin and veleka, we also need judges, we need dayanim who had smicha, and we're also lacking that. So the same way that we need dayanim, we need judges who had smicha for, to adjudicate damages of a person, we also need that for damages of an animal. So that can't be the distinction here. Rather, what are we going to say the distinction is that when it comes to the damages of an ox, whether it be through another animal or through a person, Maybe we'll say that there, when it comes to the damages of an animal, we're doing the shlichus of the other basin. The same way we have that by hodos v'halvos. Now what does this mean? So in the most basic sense, let's see Rashi here. Rashi says, It says in the first chapter of Masechet Sanhedrin, we don't necessitate mumchin, meaning to say we don't necessitate people with smicha. Why not? That we don't go ahead and prevent loans from being given. We very much need an economic system, a functioning economic system. Part of every functioning economic system is the fact that people give loans and take loans. And therefore, in order so that we don't stop that process, we allow even judges, dayanim, who don't have smicha, to go ahead and adjudicate those cases. Now, what are hudos? Hudos are that you come to judge a case in front of witnesses who testify that he, the loaner, admitted that he is obligated to pay someone else. And what are the witnesses of a loan? That they come to testify with witnesses of the loan. We say that this person borrowed money from this lender. So here we see a svara, a rabbinic svara of shalotinu delis bifnei And that rabbinic svara is a reason why we could say that we're doing the shlichus. We're doing shlichus here. Now what would shlichus mean? At the most basic level, shlichus would mean that we're doing, the, we're adjudicating the course, the case, as messengers of a beistin who does have smicha, since we necessitate smicha, and smicha is a prerequisite to judging these cases. So if we don't have smicha, how could we judge them? The answer is because we're acting as emissaries for a based in that does have smicha. Now, how could we do that? Who told us we're emissaries? So that we see is a rabbinic svara of shalotino delis bifnei That would be a reason to allow us to do so. Now, I'm just going to put this out tangentially. We'll have to deal with this next week. But this seems a little preposterous at first glance. Meaning to say, the fact that smicha disappeared was in the times of Hanukkah. Um, nowadays, we still have Bate Dinim, that rule, on cases of Hodos Valvos. 
So how could it be that, number one, we're emissaries of people that don't know we even exist? And number two, how could it be we're emissaries of people that are dead? There's no such concept of shlichas like that. So inasmuch as that's true, the whole concept here of shlichas, of being a messenger, an emissary for a previous based in, is going to need to be dissected and understood. And Mir Hashem will get to that next week. But uh, that's something here which we're going to have to work on very, very much. That being said, also, we're going to have to work on the comparison. The comparison is a comparison to Hidos Vahalvos. Hidos Vahalvos are, we have a Svara. There's a logic here. So we don't, we have a functioning economic system. Argamar is discussing damages. Someone hurt someone else. Someone damaged someone else's property. There, there's no logical svara of shlotino delas which is applicable, right? There's not the the economy isn't dependent on a person who gets attacked by someone else or a person who gets attacked by another animal. The economy is not dependent on them receiving some kind of financial retribution for that which they underwent. So why would it be that we can even compare hodos valvos? To our case of Nazikin. So that also we're going to touch on next week. So the Gemara says, what are we going to say? That when it comes to the attack of an animal, there we have a logic. The same way we have by Odos Vavos. So that's the Gemara. If that's our distinction, so that same logic can apply even to when an animal gets damaged. When an animal gets damaged, say that we also have this concept of that they're working as emissaries for us. And therefore, that's the reason why we should be able to go and actually adjudicate the case. So that's not our distinction here. So he answers the Gemara, no. When do we go ahead and act as emissaries for a previous based in? Only with something which we have an expertise in, we know very well the details of it. So, when it's something which we're not experts in, then we don't act on this previous basin's behalf. And now, at this point, we could say, what's Rava's, what's the basis of Rava's initial assumption that when it comes to Shor Bashor and Shor Ba'odam, so there we can adjudicate the case, the answer is, we're acting as shlichim for a previous basedin in a topic that we have an expertise in. But when it comes to Adam Ba'adam and Adam Bashur, even though we could act as the messengers, inasmuch as we were never given, we I'm sorry, inasmuch as we're not experts in the topic, therefore we can't act on their behalf. That's the Gemara's positing right now. Now, yes, the Gemara's follows. Amri Shur Bashur Bashur Ba'adam, Nami Lokim Lemagavei, when a, an animal gets attacked, so we're not experts in it. How do we know? We're experts because you go out to the marketplace and see how much they sell an animal for. So when it comes to the damages that will happen to a person, do the same thing. Go out into the market and see. See how much they sell an avid for in the shuk, a slave for in the shuk. So the same way we can go out and empirically determine the value of an animal, we could do the same exact thing for the value of a person. So how come we can't go ahead and become experts in the values of humans and therefore judge 
on the differences in value that happened due to damages. That's question number one. The ode, and furthermore, Tashlum Kefil, the payment of Kefil, we know that if a person steals something and is caught with stolen property, so then when he's found guilty for theft, he has to pay a double payment. He has to pay the, the value of the object stolen and the value of the object, again, at the time where he's found to be guilty. And also the, the payments of Arba Chamisha, we know that if a person steals a shore or a sheep, and after he steals it, he either shechts it or sells it to someone else. If he's caught doing so, he has to pay five times the value of the ox or four times the value of the sheep, depending on which animal it was. So under those circumstances, the kitsi, inasmuch as there's fixed values, it doesn't necessitate any type of expertise. We should also be able to be their messengers. We should also be able to be their messengers in order to paskin, to adjudicate the case, even in Bovel. So he answers the Gemara, no, it's not true. When are we able to act as messengers for the Beistin, the previous Beistin? That's only when it comes to monetary payments. When it comes to fines, we can't act on their behalf. When it comes to Adam Ba'adam, inasmuch as it's Mammon, then we should act as messengers on their behalf. The only time where we act on their behalf, that's when it's something which is common. But Adam Ba'adam, when it comes to a person hurting another person, there it's not common. We don't act on their behalf. Now, I'm going to take a pause here, and I'm going to posit another question. This question is a tremendous, tremendously difficult question, um, and we're going to have to work hard to answer it. We're going to, we're going to develop a whole thesis, a new, a new whole understanding of the stance of the Rambam in order to figure this question out. The question is as follows. We've proved already that the Rambam is of the opinion that Tashlumay Nezek is a knas, it's a fine, right? Up to the extent that the Rambam is of the opinion that if you, if you admit to the fact that you hurt someone else, you're exempt from Tashlumay Nezek, a mode of a knas pater. We sourced it from the fact that the Rambam says the Tichukofer as opposed to the Gzir Shava of Makamaka, right? These are all things that we spent many hours trying to develop. Comes along our Gemara and says that Adam the Adam is Mamayna. Adam Adam is Mamayna and not Knas. So according to the Rambam that learns Tashlumay Nezek is Knas, how in the world can the Gemara say that, tash, that in this case Adam Adam is Mamun? The Rambam, you're wrong. Look, here, it's a Gemara on Pei Dalad Amadbeiz. So when we had the, Mish, the Gemara on Dalad Amadbeiz, a Brisa of Rabbi Ishiya, there we proposed that maybe Rabbi Ishiya disagreed with our Mishnah. Rabbi Ishiya held that the din really was that Tashlum Nezek is Mamun. But that's because Rabbi Ishiya learned from the Gzir Shava Makamaka. But according to us, according to the Rambam, our Gemara is going like the Chachamim. And the Chachamim hold that the source is from the Tuchu Koifer. But that's Sugya, our source, our Gemara. If the source is the Tuchu Koifer, how could it say that Adam Ba'adam is Maman? This question 
is very, very difficult. And Amir Tashem, I, th- I hope we're going to get to it next week. To try to be answered. If it's not, for sure the week after, but I assume that next week we'll be able to get to it. So that question is tremendously difficult, and that's going to need a lot of work. Now, continues the Gemara. The Gemara said, Adam Adam is not Shechiach. Adam Adam is not Shechiach. Now, this no Shechiach is interesting. Right? I mean, you never saw people don't get into a fight. Every news, every night on the news, you hear that people are getting in fights. The answer maybe is, that if it's only the whole dinim of Chamisha Dvarim, is only by Jews. So maybe Jewish people don't fight with each other. I would assume that's also quite common, unfortunately, that Jews fight with each other. Um, so I assume the answer is that Tashlumi Nezek is only when there's permanent damage. So for Jews to fight with each other, to the, to the extent that they cause another person permanent damage, that's not Shechiach. And since it's not Shechiach, there it's the Avdin and There we don't work on their behalf. Now, yes, the Gemara, that would be fine and dandy for Tashlumi Nezek. But when it comes to Boshes and Pagam, the Shechiach, those are common. So there, if that's common, we should do the Shechichos even when it comes to Tashlumi Adam Ba'adam. Answers the Gemara, Amri Hachinami. Yeah, you're actually correct. Boshes and Pagam, we will collect between Adam Ba'adam. How do I know? Darav Papa, Agvi Abameyazuzi the Boshes. We have a case, a circumstance where a papa himself collected 400 zuz just for the payment of Boshas. So we see that something shechiach, we do collect even in Bavel. It says the Gemara, But the truth is, we really actually don't paskin like Rav Papa. How do I know? Rav Shechista sent a note to Rav Nachman, and in the note it said, Chista, 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 Chista. You collect fines in Bavel. Obviously, you're not allowed to do that. So we had a problem here. We can't collect even Beishas. So now, once that's true, the Gemara has to revert now. It's not dependent on Shechiach. So what's it dependent on? When do we work on someone else's behalf? Only when it's something which is common. And there's also a financial loss. But if there's something which is common, but there's no financial loss, or something which is not common, but there is a financial loss, then we don't act on the behalf. We need to say the bottom line, we need something called the tarti, the tevusa. We need two positive things. We need that it's something which is common and a financial loss. When you have both of them, then we're able to act on the behalf of previous Pate Dinim, that had smicha. Now, once that show determines the Gemara, Hilkoch, therefore, Adam Ba'adam, when it comes to person attacking another person, Afogav de Espe, Chisorin Kis, even though there is a monetary loss, Kevin de Loishchiach, since it's not common, Levdin Shichusayu, we don't act on the behalf of the previous Pate Dinim. And therefore, when it comes to embarrassment, even though it's common for a person to attack another per- embarrass another person, I'm sorry. Since there's no loss of money, we don't act on their behalf. Period. That's the end of the Gemara. Ask the Gemara now like this. According to you, Rava, you made a distinction that we don't collect in Bavel, but we do collect in Bavel. How could that be? Vahama Rava, Rava said separately, Shua Shehizik, 
an animal, an ox, who damages someone else, in govern We don't collect that in Bovel. We don't collect that money in Bovel. So I asked the Gemara, the Gemara wants to qualify. Who did he damage? If you're going to tell me that the Shur attacked a person, and that's why we don't collect. Why do we have to establish it as a case of an ox who attacked a person? Even if a person attacked another person, that we also don't collect in Bavel. Rather, it's obvious that the ox attacked an ox. But nonetheless, it taught we don't collect that in Bavel. Answers the Gemara. The answer is. Now, when it comes to a tam, when a, ta- a shore tam attacks another shore, we don't collect that in Bavel because the chetzi knas of a shore tam, the chetzi nezek, I'm sorry, of a shore tam is a knas. And therefore, since it's a knas, it's a fine that we don't, we don't uh, adjudicate in Bavel. Hacha b'muad, about the case of Rava, where Rava said, shore b'shore, we do collect in Bavel. That's talking about a shore muad. And a shomuad pays nezek shalim, that's mammon, that's compensation, and therefore that's how you're able to collect it in bavel. Yes, the gemara of hamerovo ein muad bavel. How could you make a short tam into a shomuad in bavel? We don't have bate dinim which could make a shomuad. Answers the gemara amri de'ayd hasim aisulahacha. The answer is, the animal became a muad in Eretz Yisrael where there were smuchin, and then they brought it to bavel. Well, there were no smuchin, but it was a shomuad when it came here, and now it damaged someone else. Ask the Gemara, how milsin the shchicha he, and milsin the shchicha, how much still have dinim shchicha sayhu? The Gemara says it's not something which is common. An animal which became a muad in Eretz Yisrael comes to Bavel, and now it attacks someone. That's something which is very not common. And if it's not common, there we don't become the shluchim, we don't become the messengers, the emissaries of the previous batidim that had smicha. Answers the Gemara. No, you're right. We didn't make the animal a muad in Eretz Yisrael. What happened was that the Dayanim from Eretz Yisrael came to Bavel, and in Bavel they made him a muad. Yes, the Gemara. That's going to be how you establish the case. I serve suf but It's still something which is very uncommon that the Rabbanim from Eretz Yisrael who have smicha are going to come to Bavel and they're going to make an animal a shomuad and if they made a shomuad then he's going to attack someone and that's what Rabbah was talking about. If that's the case it's not shchiach and therefore we can't do shchichasayu. Rather, what was Rabbah must be talking about? B'shin v'regel talking about specific types of nezek. Shein and regel demuatun mitchilasaninu When it comes to shein v'regel Every animal from the onset is a muad, and therefore the initial, any initial da- nezek is considered like he's a muad and he pays nezek shalim, and therefore it's not a knas. Only when it comes to karen, so there he's not a muad mitichla, so he has to become a muad, and that's the type of nezek which we wouldn't be able to go ahead and collect in Bavel. So that's a simple read of the Gemara up until now. So now that we saw that, let's go back to the Gemara, the beginning of Baram, pay down the Aleph. But Rabbi originally says, Zilu Shumu Avda, and the reason we're praising him like an Evid is for the circumstance de Tafas, for the eventual or the potential Tfisa, the seizure of the assailant's property by the victim. Now, Rashi here says, you know what? Yeah, Rashi here says as follows De Tafas, Hachi this is what Rabbi said to the other Rabbanan, 
Shumulei, appraise him now. Vahayoyim elamachar, and today, or in the future, im yitvas mishalo, if the victim grabs some of the property of the assailant, Yaakvenel, he'll be able to keep whatever he grabs. We need to say, it'll be knowledge for the victim, that the victim will know how much he's able to take of the assailants. So according to Rashi, from the onset, right away, we actually allow him to go and take the assailants. Uh, we make an assessment right away so that if the, for the eventuality that the victim is going to take the assailant's money. So based in immediately gets involved. Right? It's not like they wait for any kind of court case to be brought up, etc., etc. No. There's no discussion. The, the, the victim took property of the assailant. How much can he keep? Automatically, based in gets involved. They say, Mr. Victim, this is how much you're able to grab if you so choose to do so. Now let's contrast that with the rush. The rush is in the beginning of Simon Bay's the Rosh says as follows, This axe which chewed off the hand of a kid, they came in front of Rava, go praise him like an avid. The Rabbanon said back to him, You yourself, Rava said, Anyone who's evaluated like a slave, you can't go and take it in Bavel, you can't praise it in Bavel. And it says the Gemara, Amalu Nafkamina di Tafas. The Nafkamina is if he grabs it, if he's going to grab it. Hachi Goris Rav Ilfa Zal. That's the text of the riff. Rav Ilfa is the riff. Vahalasha Mashma, and the language of the Gemara implies, Shitsiva the Shumiyat. He obligates him to make an appraisal right away. Vinafkamina. Now, why would he make an appraisal right away? The practical difference is, She'im Yitfis, if the victim goes and takes the assailant's property, the victim will know how much he should grab of the assailant's property. Says the Rosh Veloy Nehira. This is not so logical to me. Why not? Because we don't make any appraisal whatsoever to collect damages. Rather, if the victim already made a tfisa, shamin, then we appraise, we appraise the value of that which he took. Then afterwards, we'll say to the victim, This is how much you should return to him. So meaning to say, according to the Rosh, the order of events is that the victim gets attacked, he goes and grabs the assailant's Rolex. And now, after he has the Rolex in hand, Basin will say, ah, you took his Rolex? Let's see how much you really get to keep. And what happens? The Basin will say, you know what? Give back the watch itself, but you can keep the band. Why? That's how much the, the damages were. That's the opinion of the riff. I mean, the Rosh, I'm sorry. Now, why does he say that? He doesn't explain why he says that. He just says it's not clear. It's the Nihira. It's not rather the stance of the Rif, which is really the stance of Rashi, is not clear. Why? Because how could it be? You're making an assessment right away. Now, the Rosh has a serious issue, though. 
Because the language of de'itafas means that that if he will make a grab, that if he will make a grab means he didn't make a grab yet. So if the Gemara says de'itafas, the implication is actually like Rashi and not like the Rush. So continues the Rush. And I found other texts of the Gemara. He said, the Gemara said, no. He said to him, no, if he was tefes. If he was tefes, meaning to say, that which I said to appraise, that's qualified to a case, if he grabbed it already, meaning without the Dalet. If he grabbed it already, it happened in the past, then I'll know how much I'll have to return. So this is a machlokas between Rashi and the Rush. The machlokas being, does the Shuma, does the appraisal of how much a person has to take, has the ability to take, does that happen before the Tfisa itself, or does that only happen after the Tfisa? So on the source sheet that I gave you, in source number three, I brought you a Chidush Yabach. The Chidush Yabach is discussing a few different questions here. But a principle which comes out from the Chilishi Abach is a fundamental question we have to ask ourselves. The fundamental question is as follows. What's the nature of the Chiv Mamun, of the monetary liability that's created from the damages? So he wants to, the Rush wants to say, the Bach, I'm sorry, wants to say that the Machlikas between Rashi and the Rush is dependent on this question. Now he doesn't explain himself, but I'll Speak this out to you as follows. According to Rashi, we said multiple times, we proved to it already from our first year, that Rashi understands that Tashlume Nezek is actually Mamun. It's not Knas, right? It's not an arbitrary fine, but it's actually returning the monetary representative of the damages that were incurred to the individual. So now as follows. According to Rashi, the order of events that take place is that someone, the assailant, damages the victim. Following those damages, there's an immediate appraisal of Bastin, which allows for the collection through the means of Tfisa of the victim. Now like this. According to Rashi, the logic is quite simple. What creates the monetary liability? What creates the monetary liability is the actual fact that there were damages. The assailant damages the victim. That automatically creates a monetary obligation from assailant to victim as retribution for the damages that he caused. Since there's an immediate monetary liability, which came about through the damages that were caused by the assailant, therefore, based in, automatically appraises what's that monetary liability. I now based on appraise that monetary liability. Now who cares? The answer is, so the victim now has the ability to go ahead and take, seize that money which belongs to him. Even though we're in Bovel and based in doesn't collect, they won't redistribute funds in as much as they're not smuchin. And since they're not smuchin and it's something which is in Shechiach, even though there is a chesaron kiss, since it's not shchiach, therefore they don't adjudicate the case. Since they don't adjudicate the case, so what's the difference? There's monetary liability. The answer is tvisa. 
And that's the sugya, according to Rashi. It's actually quite straightforward. Now, why would the Rush disagree with Rashi's stance? So now, before we address the Rush, I want to talk about this little piece in the Chazanish. The Chazanish here asks a question. The Chazanish question is, how come when Rava was asked, you yourself said that we don't collect in Bavel? So his answer was, you're right, the reason we're making a Shuma is because of Tfisa. He could have said very simply, you know why we're going ahead and making an assessment now? Because maybe the assailant actually knows that he damaged someone else. And if the assailant knows he damaged someone else, he knows there's a victim, so then the assailant, on his own accord, is going to want to pay back. So maybe the whole distinction of when we say we don't, you know, make an assessment of an Evid in Bavel, let's limit it to a case where the assailant didn't know he damaged someone. Why, then, why not? Because you could say, I'm not, I, I don't owe you, there's going to be a whole court case, and therefore, in that kind of court case, we can't adjudicate in Bavel. But if the assailant knows he damaged someone... So yeah, for sure, that should be the difference. Under those circumstances, that's a praising. How come that's not true? So comes along the Chazanish and says a principle. This principle will be discussed in the past, but this is a great manifestation of it again. The principle is as follows. The principle is that the Knas, the payment, doesn't exist until Bastin says it exists. Now when it comes to fines, when it comes to Knasas, you could always say, I'm not obligated yet. Right, if he's not obligated yet, because Beiston didn't paskin that he's obligated, so then there's no monetary liability. So I'll give you an example: a person, Plony, steals Ruvain's shoes, and now he's found to be a thief. So he's brought to court. There's two witnesses that say he has. We know these are Ruvain's shoes. We are in Plony's house. Right, we even saw Plony take them. And the witnesses give their testimony. Now, Plony the thief is so upset from the whole testimony, pops down dead. Now, based in never, Paskin, they never made a halachic ruling that he's a thief and he's liable to pay kefil. The halacha is that we give Ruvain back his shoes and there's no need for the inheritors of Ruvain, of the Plony to pay Ruvain Kefal. Inasmuch as Kefal was never paskined, that it was never paskined that Plony has to pay Kefal. But I'll give you the opposite case now. Plony was tried and found guilty and based in paskined he has to pay Kefal. And now Plony out of his astonishment from the Psak dies. So there, his inheritors would have to pay kefil because inasmuch as based in paskin that to exist, they paskin that there is a chiv kefil here. So then, under those circumstances, that becomes a real monetary obligation. So now comes along the Chazanish and says, so when it comes to our discussion, how come, even if the assailant knows that he damaged him, he damaged the victim, so why wouldn't that be sufficient reason to obligate him to pay? comes along the Chazanish and says that he would have a claim. What's his claim? He could always claim that even though this Bastin might find me liable and obligated to pay, maybe there's another Bastin which would exempt me. And inasmuch as he has a claim that maybe there's another Bastin that would exempt me, 
that would be a reason why he wouldn't have to pay even if he knows that he's potentially liable. Now, let's take all of this background information and let's revisit the Rush. The Rush says as follows. The Rush says, what's our order here? Our order is, according to the Rush, the assailant damages the victim. Afterwards, the victim makes a tfisa on the assailant's property. And now that the victim made an atvisa on the assailant's property, Beeston will get involved and appraise how much he can return. What's the logical basis here? The logical basis is as follows. According to the Rush, maybe Tashlumay Nezek is a knas, unlike Rashi, inasmuch as we have a svara, the svara is that ben churin damim, a human life is priceless, any amount of money you pay is a fine. There's no way, there's no way to have monetary compensation. And inasmuch as that's true, there's no monetary liability which is created from Hezek. Because again, in order to collect a kanas, in order to collect a fine, in order for a fine to create monetary liability, Bastin has to adjudicate that. They have to paskin that there's a chiv kanas here. So here there's a nezek. Bastin didn't paskin as a chiv kanas. And to tell you frankly, they can't. We're in Bovel, there's not smuchin. So Bastin isn't involved. What do we have here? We have a reason which a potential to create monetary liability. There's a damage. There was a hezek here. Hezek is is an action which has the potential to create monetary liability. So it comes along the rush and says, you have an action which has the potential to create monetary liability. It doesn't create monetary liability. It's not mamon, it's kanas. But potentially, it could result in monetary liability. That, in and of itself, allows for tvisa. It allows for tvisa. Why? Because tvisa is a means of the victim taking to his own hands the collection of the money which is due to him. So now that there's a potential for monetary liability due to the damages which he suffered from, that gives him the halachic authority to make a tfisa on the assailant's property. And now, ho ho, what happened? We now have the money of the assailant by the victim. So normatively, what's the reason why the assailant can get out of paying kanasos? He could say, how can you go ahead, how can you base in, tell the victim how much money he could take from me? Just because you think that that's what he should have to pay, maybe another based in wouldn't take the money away from here. But here, what could the victim, what does the based in respond? Once there's a tvisa already, based in can say, we're limited from redefining ownership of property. We don't have the jurisdiction to take money from you, Mr. Assailant, and distribute it to the victim. We can't do that. But the victim already went ahead and he reallocated the funds with his own power. It wasn't due to you. Once that's true, now Bastin can go ahead and make a shuma. They'll make an appraisal. The appraisal isn't to go ahead and seize property from the assailant. But rather, the shuma is to go ahead 
and determine the value of seized property that can stay by the victim. So Basin here isn't acting as a, a force, a body, an entity, which is redistributing and reallocating funds. Here the victim himself did it, and he had the right to do so inasmuch as the damages that he suffered from had the potential from, to create monetary liability of the assailant. So now that he sees the property on his own through the Tvisa, so that's enough of a reason to allow the seized property to stay by the Nizik, by the victim, and then Beeston has the right to go ahead and determine how much that is. So we're proposing here now that the actual order of the series of events that according to Rashi, the Hezek, Shuma, and then Tvisa, as opposed to the Rashi's Hezek, Tvisa, and Shuma, is really dependent on our age-old machlekes, is Tashlumi Nezek, Mamar Knas. That according to Rashi, who holds from the Mishnah already, we proved this, that Tashlumi Nezek is Mamon, the Hezek itself creates monetary liability, which gives, based in the jurisdiction, to immediately intervene in the circumstance and start giving amounts of funds which can be allocated by the victim from the assailant. Whereas if the Rosh understands that Hezek, Tashlumi Nezek, is actually a knas, so therefore, until the knas is paskin, the Beistin can't start, you know, there's no monetary liability, Beistin can't paskin knasos and bavel, and therefore, inasmuch as Beistin can't paskin knasos, Beistin can't start appraising monetary values of the damages that occurred until the victim start, seizes the property of the assailant. Because once the victim seizes the property of the assailant, the assailant loses his claim that you don't have a right to take my funds. His funds were already taken. And now Basin can determine how much is able to stay by the victim and how much has to go back to the assailant because they're not acting as a body, an entity, which is redistributing funds, which is the problem, the limitation in Bovell. Rather, they're acting as a, uh, a body to limit the amount of funds which are able to be seized. So that's going to be how we start the sugya here. Um, and Amir Tzashem will continue next week discussing, first of all, what's this concept, concept of of being a shliach for batidinim, which don't exist, they never knew we would exist, and they're not, they're not around anymore. And secondly, what's it mean that Tashlume Nezek is Mamon if the Rambam himself says multiple places that Tashlume Nezek is Kenas? So, Mr. Shemesh, have a great week, and Besiyat Adeshmai will start off with the following week with these two discussions.